ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهديه الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد so we finished the chapter of fasting from Al-Mulakhas Al-Fiqhi. We went through the various sections and the various rulings of different things. So to begin with, we'll do a quick recap to see if you can remember it all. So firstly then, what is the meaning of fasting? What does Sawm mean in Arabic? What does it mean? What does fasting mean? Mm. Okay. It's al-imsak. It means to stop yourself from doing something. So you stop yourself from eating and drinking and intercourse and all of the things that would normally break your fast. How do we work out when Ramadan begins? There are three ways one way is the new moon comes out and you see it on the 29th of Sha'ban or thirty days uh huh if you don't see the new moon then you complete the thirty days of Sha'ban Three ways we said. What is the third way people use? The calculations. Is that way even allowed? That way is not even allowed. So only the first two ways are Islamic. 29th day you see the new moon, you start fasting. If you don't, finish 30 days of Sha'ban, then start fasting. When do you have to make the intention for the fasting? Is it once for the whole month or every night? Every night you're supposed to make the intention for the next day. And there is a hadith. مَنْ لَمْ يُبَيِّتِ الصِّيَامَ قَبْلَ الْفَجْرِ فَلَا صِيَامَ لَهُ Whomsoever does not make the intention for the fasting before fajr, then there is no fasting for that person. So the obligatory fasts, you must make the intention the night before. What are the sunnah acts for the suhoor and the iftar? When should you have the suhoor and when should you have the iftar? Okay. But the suhoor, you're supposed to make it? The last all day. But when you're supposed to have it, you're supposed to have it right near the end. When Fajr time is about to start, near the end. And when you're supposed to have the iftar, as soon as Maghrib time starts. So you make uh, the adhan, if it's on the right time, as soon as Maghrib time happens, you open your fast. لا يزال الناس بخير الفطر the people will remain to be upon goodness as long as they as long as they 
uh, take the iftar quickly and they take the iftar on time they don't delay it and the suhoor you're supposed to take it the prophet وسلم, said there's barakah in it have the suhoor because there is barakah within it also after that we discussed some issues about certain types of people who don't have to fast what are the different types of people who don't have to fast Somebody who's very old in age and they can no longer fast. So what are they supposed to do instead? 64 people? 60? How many? Feed a poor person for every day they miss. 30 days. Feed a poor person for every day they miss. So that's the old age people who can't fast. Who else? Okay, people who have illness, people who have illness, who are sick, and they are not able to fast because of the illness. What do they have to do then if they miss? Depends. Depends. So there could be two types of illness. What are the two types of illness? Either your illness is temporary, you're just going to be ill for a few days like a fever or something and then you get better. Or maybe a few weeks or maybe a few months. But eventually you're going to get better. So if you're going to get better eventually, then you're supposed to make up the days afterwards. But what if the doctors say you're never going to get better? This is a long-term illness for the rest of your life. You can never fast. What are you going to do then? Like they say in the books of fiqh, la yurja bur'uh. Then what are you going to do? So then how are you going to fast? You can't fast, what are you going to do? So but what about the fasting? You're going to miss Ramadan? Is that it? Just miss it and do nothing? 64, where did you get 64 from? Huh? Not 64. Every day, feed for every day. So every day you give a meal to the person. So 30 days. There's another ruling about 60 people, not 64. There's another one about 60 people. Which one's that? A more common one, easy one for 60 people. The kids won't know. The big people will know. The one who has manjama'ah. The one who engages in the intercourse during the day, the kafara. Either you have to free a slave, if you cannot, then you have to fast two months in a row, or it'amu sitina miskina, feed the 64 people. No. In the kafara, it is on the tartib. First, you have to free a slave. If you can't, then you fast two months in a row. If you can't, then you feed 60 poor people. There's the hadith. A man came to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, And he said, Ya Rasulullah, O Messenger of Allah, Halakt, O ahlaktu nafsi, That I, I am destroyed. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa said to him, Ma ahlakak? What has destroyed you? What's gone on? Then he said, I had intercourse with my wife during the day of Ramadan. So the Prophet sallallahu said to him, can you free a slave? He said, no, I 
cannot. He said, can you fast two months in a row? He said, I can't do that. He said, can you feed 64 people then? He said, I cannot even do that. Then the Prophet ﷺ went quiet. In one narration it says, after a while somebody brought some dates. So the Prophet ﷺ gave the dates to him and said, gave the dates to him and said to him, go and take these dates and give them in charity. The man said, O Messenger of Allah, me and my family, we are the poorest people here. Who can I go give charity to except my own family? We are the poorest ones. So the Prophet said, go and give charity to your own family. And he laughed. He laughed until it says his teeth could be seen laughing. Because the man couldn't do any of it. He couldn't free the slave. He couldn't do the two months. He couldn't uh, feed the 60 people. He couldn't even take the dates and go give charity anywhere because he and his family were the poorest ones. So anyway, the point of that, the Prophet ﷺ gave him the order. First one, can you free the slave? No. Number two, two months in a row? No. Number three, feed the 60 people. Recently, a Sheikh Al-Fawzan, he was asked a question about this. The one who commits the, fornic, the uh, intercourse, has the intercourse during the day when fasting. There are some issues. Imagine a person does it three or four times in Ramadan. Three or four times it happens. So now, obviously, it's hard to free slaves. You're going to go to number two, which is fasting two months. If you do it three or four times, then what's the ruling? Two months each. Depends. What if it was three or four times in the same day? During the day of Ramadan. For each day you're right. So if there were three or four different days, two months for each day. What if it was twice in the same day? Two months or four months? What? Two? If it was twice in the same day? Four months? Two? If it is the same day, then... Even there, there is some explanation. If it is the same day, then it is normally just one kafara. So just two months. But imagine, imagine, somebody does that in the morning, after Fajr. In the morning it happens. So then they find out the kafara they have to give. So they go uh, after Dhuhr. And they go give the kafara. They free a slave. They do it. Finished. Miskeen. Later on he comes home after Asr. Does it again. So now what? Can he say, I already did kafara for today. Or now new kafara. Same day. Same day. New one. Remember the first fatwa, if he does it twice in the same day, one kafara. But now the difference in this one is, he did it the first time and he did the kafara. Same day it's happened again. Can he say, but it's the same day I'm covered? Correct. That one's finished. Now, another kafara. 
Because he did it, gave the kafara, finished, closed. Now it happened again, new, new kafara. But if he did it twice and didn't give the kafara yet, and it happened twice, then it's only one kafara. So that is about that issue which the elders understood. Ah. No, that's a sin then. If he on purpose he's doing it now, he knows, khalas. Then the, he's committing sin, more sin. It's haram, not allowed to do. So that would be more sin if he does that. Before that point, ah, we were talking about the people who are allowed to miss. So one of them was the person who is ill long term, he feeds every day. The person who is ill temporary, then when he gets better, even if it's after six months, then he can make up the days. If you're ill, can you automatically miss the fasting? Uh -huh. Some of the Salaf, they used to say, if you can get up and leave your house and go out walking to the shop or somewhere, then that means you are not ill enough to miss fasting. Maybe sometimes somebody has like a fever, they're not feeling well, they have a cold, headache, everything. But you're still good enough to get your coat on, get your scarf on and manage to walk down to the shop and come back. You can manage just about. The Salaf used to say, if you can manage that much, then you can manage fasting. If you can manage, put the coat on, put the scarf on, go outside, you can make it to the shop and back, then that means you're fit enough, you're healthy enough to be able to fast. They used to say the illness that determines you cannot fast, then you should be like we say these days, bedridden. When you're in that type of bedridden illness, then you can miss the fasting. So it's not just like a small cold. Somebody has a cold, their nose is blocked. You're going to say, Khalas, I can't fast today, my nose is blocked. Not allowed. Those types of things do not prevent you from the fasting. So that is another category. Who else is allowed to miss the fasting? Old, you said it. Something else? The person who is traveling. So the one who is traveling on a journey is allowed to miss the fasting. Is allowed to miss the fasting. <laughs> so now this reminds me of another one for the adults. A person, a, a, a husband and wife, they are traveling. Husband and wife, imagine their flight. Or, uh, yeah, their flight. Imagine their flight is at 10 a.m. So in the morning from suhoor time, do they have to fast or not? But their reason starts later. So most of the scholars say their reason is going to start at 10 a.m. Before that, they're still at home. They're still in their town, in their country. They're not traveling yet. So they have to fast to start with. So in the morning, the husband and the wife, they are fasting. It gets to 10 o'clock. They get on their plane and they go. 3 o'clock in the afternoon, it stops somewhere. Transit. Transit for 4 hours, 5 hours. And so they are relaxing, they get the, the hotel, they're relaxing for four or five hours, and it occurs. Is anything upon them? What is upon them? Absolutely nothing. Why? Because they're travelers. So the scholars say, La shay, nothing upon them. They are travelers. So imagine now you're a traveler. One second. Imagine you're a traveler now. Same one, the same couple. 10 o'clock, they set off. 
3 o'clock they land, transit, 4 hours. They relax in the lounge and they get a drink. Because they're traveling, so they get a drink and they eat. Any problem? So khalas, they get a hotel and they, any problem? Scholars say no. You're going to say? So khalas, they made the intention to open their fast because they are musafirun. And they opened it. They are fasting, no? At the beginning. Aywa. But it No, no problem. Because at the beginning in the day, you can break the fast. Because now imagine, like this one, 10 o'clock in the morning, their flight. So in the morning, you start fasting. Because you're not traveling yet. So you fast, fast, fast. 10 o'clock, you get on the plane. Now you're traveling. You can have the drink and open your fast. Because now you are musafir. So normally, if you have a drink or eat and open your fast when you are musafir, no problem. They open their fast in different way. So it's allowed, the scholars, they say. Midday. Huh? Yeah, some scholars, they say you can. Some scholars, some opinion is because you know you are going to be traveling this day. So all day you don't need to fast. But maybe, maybe, Allah A'lam, the stronger opinion is that you should not open your fast until you become a traveler. Because from 3 a.m. till midday, you are still here. Manchester airport, here. Nowhere yet. You're not musafir yet. So why are you not fasting? After 12 o'clock, you will become musafir. So now you can eat. Tell the, the, uh, the uh, stewards, bring me some food. Now you can eat because now you are musafir. What if, imagine... You go at 12 o'clock to the airport, they say, the BA, the computer has broken. No flight today, go home. So you've been eating all day. Why were you eating? You didn't even become musafir. That's why some scholars say, don't do it until you become musafir. Imagine you go and the flight is cancelled, you come home all day, you didn't travel anywhere. So why were you eating all morning? For nothing. So you should wait until you become a musafir, that is safer. So that is the traveller. What is the option of the traveler? Does he have to fast or does he have to miss? Or does he have a choice? Depends. So the traveler doesn't have to fast. But wait, remember we said, a person who is traveling, if he is not able to fast when traveling, then he should not fast. He should break it. If you're not capable, you're going to fall unconscious because of the difficulty of traveling and trying to fast, then you shouldn't. If a person is healthy, fit, and they can fast, even when they are traveling, then in that case, he has a choice. He can either decide, I'm fit and healthy, let me just fast, it's no problem. I won't leave any days to make up afterwards. No problem, that's okay. Or he could decide, I'm fit and healthy, I could fast right now, but I'm traveling and I want to take it easy, I want to have the drink, I want to have some snacks, I'm not going to fast, I'll just make it up afterwards. Since I'm traveling and I'm allowed to miss anyway, that's okay too. Some scholars say that's better. Even if you're able to fast, you should just take it off. Because of the narrations that talk about taking the permission to take it off. The Prophet ﷺ said to Hamza ibn Amr al-Aslami, uh, it is a rukhsa min Allah. Hiya rukhsatu min Allah. Faman akhadha biha fahasanun. It is a concession, a permission 
Allah's given you the permission to miss the fasting when you're traveling. So whoever takes that permission, that is good. That's what the hadith says. And there are some other narrations that prove that as well. So some scholars say it is better just miss the fasting when you're traveling, even if you can fast. Others, they say, no, if you can fast, you should fast. Because they say this is an obligation upon your shoulders. Why are you going to leave an obligation as a debt to make up afterwards? After Eid, you've got this debt. You have to make up those days. They say, why are you going to leave yourself a debt with this obligation when you have the ability to do it right now? Do it right now in that case. Because the obligations, you should do them as soon as possible and get them done. Not leave them hanging and delaying. So some say it's better you just fast if you can. Others, they say, no, take it off. Take the permission Allah has given you. Huh? Uh-huh. That's the other issues about it. The detailed issues. Imagine a person is going traveling, but for a haram reason. For a haram reason. Like we gave that example, maybe somebody's going to London to buy drugs. Haram. They're going to go buy cigarettes. That's why they're going there. Big shipment. They're going to pick it up. Haram. Somebody travels for a haram reason, then some scholars say you are not allowed to miss the fasting. Sometimes you hear some opinions where they say al jihamun fakka. Like they say when you pray, what's one of the conditions of the prayer? You have to be covering your aura. So imagine now somebody goes and breaks into a shop at night and steals some clothes. Astaghfirullah. Haram. Next day, they're wearing the clothes that they stole. They're wearing the stolen clothes. But mashallah, he prays. So he makes wudu and he starts praying in the stolen clothes. He is covering his aura or not? Covering his aura. With what? With haram clothes. Is his prayer valid or not? How does that apply? The man has stolen the clothes. He is covering the aura, fulfilling the shart of the prayer with something haram. Will the shart be considered okay and prayer valid or not? Valid? Invalid? So some scholars, they say, some scholars, they say, they call it, they say, Al-Jihamun Fakka. The fact that he stole is obviously a sin, haram. He will get punishment for that if he doesn't repent, etc. He will be liable for punishment. The prayer, the condition for it is to cover the aura. Has he done that? He's done that. So the prayer will be valid because he has covered his aura. The method by which he covered his aura is the problem which he'll get punished for or be liable for punishment on a separate level. So some scholars say it would be okay. Same here, some may say it's okay. They say at the end of the day, he is traveling. Traveling is a reason. Why he's traveling is a haram reason. He'll get punished for that or be liable for punishment. But many of the scholars do say it won't be valid. If you're traveling for a haram reason, you don't have the reason to miss your fast then. So that was the traveler. What's left? The ill person, the traveler. What do we say? The old person. One more type of person left. Before that. 
the women menstruating or the postnatal bleeding. The ones who are menstruating and the postnatal bleeding. Those women obviously haram. I mean, uh, it's not allowed to fast. It is not allowed for them to fast. It would not be accepted. So they have to make it up afterwards. No, as a, again, the scholars, they say it, it's a, a rukhsa for them. For the mujahidun, if they were uh, in the path of Allah, uh, because of the difficulty of doing obviously that with fasting, as Shaykh al Thameen, other scholars, they've mentioned the fatawa, that mujahidun would be a type of reason that allows you to open your fast. Remember, we were talking about some other reasons. Imagine uh, somebody's drowning in the river. Drowning in the river, in the, in the sea, for example, maybe. It's a hundred meters away. You need to swim out to them to get them, and then you need to swim back with them. You know you've been fasting 16 hours so far, you're not going to be able to do it. You know you need to have the quick drink. You need to have a drink, you need to have the quick snack. Get yourself energy to be able to swim out there and bring them back. Allowed or not? Allowed, Allowed because you have to save the person's life. They say the same for the mujahid. For what he's doing, then it would be allowed to open the fast. Yes, you would have to make it up afterwards. You opened it for a legitimate reason, but then you would have to make it up afterwards. Ah, so some of these events which happened during the month of Ramadan. So the Battle of Badr happened in the month of Ramadan. Fath Makkah happened in the month of Ramadan. The conquering of Makkah, there's actually a hadith about it. When the conquering of Makkah happened, the Muslims obviously left Medina and they started heading out towards Makkah. There's a hadith about it, hadith of Jabir. He said, we left Medina and we started heading out towards Makkah. And everybody was fasting. Until they carried on going, it's uh, 200 miles. They carried on going, carried on going, fasting in the heat in Ramadan, heading towards walking and on camels and horses, etc. from Medina to Makkah. So as they were going along, when they got to a place called Qura' al-Ghamim, when they got to that place, in one riwayah, in one narration it says, some of the people came to the Prophet ﷺ and they said, إِنَّ الصَّيَامَ قَدْ شَقَّ عَلَى النَّاسِ It has become very difficult upon the people fasting. So, وَهُمْ يَنْتَذِرُونَ They are waiting for you. They are waiting to see what you are going to do. So then the Prophet ﷺ told them to bring him a bowl of water and he raised it up in front of everyone and he drank. So on the way to conquering of Makkah, they opened their fasts. For the Battle of Badr, I don't remember any narration. But about the conquering of Makkah, definitely they opened their fasts. When they were going, the Prophet ﷺ opened his fast. Showing that when you are traveling, it's allowed to open the fast. Uh-huh. Oh, that's a point too, a very good point. When was the obligation of fasting made? In which year? Hijri, which year? Second year of Hijri. And when was Battle of Badr? Battle of Badr. Which year? First year of Hijrah? 
But it's possible it was before the obligation of Ramadan. But it was in the second. But before, it could be before the obligation anyway. It could be. Hmm. Anything else on that? That one is the ones who are exempt in the first place. Somebody who is not Muslim, then obviously if he fasts, will it be accepted? Uh, somebody's kafir. He hasn't become Muslim yet. If he fasts, will it be accepted? No. If you haven't become Muslim yet, then he can't be accepted. You have to become Muslim first, then it will be accepted. So sometimes the kuffar, they say they're fasting. They want to fast with the Muslims. They can fast, but it won't be accepted as Ramadan from them. Because you have to become a Muslim, then it gets accepted. So anybody who hasn't become Muslim, their fasting won't be accepted. Somebody who is mentally incapable, like they mentally they don't know what's going on. So that type of person, their fasting isn't valid. Somebody who hasn't reached the age of puberty, again, your fasting is not required or, or uh, obligated, but you should fast. Kids, when should they start fasting? Huh? Puberty, you have to, obligation. But before that, when should they start? Mustahab. Seven? How old are you? Eleven? Oof. Ten? When they're capable of it, so that could be six, could be seven, could be eight. Mm -hmm. Uh huh. So scholars, I mean, like an age, it doesn't have to be any age. When they are capable, when they are capable, it's good to start giving them practice. Like in the winter here, in the UK, in the winter fast is how many hours? Eight hours, something like that. Seven a.m. to four p.m. Seven, eight, eight hours, nine hours, something like that. Nothing. They just miss the lunch in the middle, that's it. Most of the kids don't have breakfast anyway. So that's all it is. You hardly miss anything. So when kids are capable, they can do it, then you should start letting them practice, even if they're six years old, even if they're seven years old. From the age of seven, if they are capable, then you should tell them, start practicing. Even if they say, I can't be bothered. If they are capable, you know they can easily do it, then you should start telling them to do it. Start practicing, even if they say I can't be bothered. Yeah, when they when they are capable, when they are capable. Nowadays, uh, even the elders, some of them, masakin, 18 hours, 19 hours. When they are capable, taking into consideration the hours of the day, everything. When they are capable, then you should start telling them to do it, to get the practice in. So that could be from a young age. They can try, because even if they couldn't do it. If somebody tried and they really couldn't do it, they can open their fast. It's not a sin upon the kids. So you can try and you can see if you can do it. If somebody just became Muslim, if they didn't know, then nothing. But if somebody became Muslim in Ramadan, do they have to fast that Ramadan or not? They have to fast. What if they became Muslim in the middle of the day? Right now, somebody became Muslim. 7.30 p.m. Right now, somebody walks in and they become Muslim. What do they have to do? Fast for the two hours left. So as soon as they become Muslim, now it is obligated upon them to start the fasting. 
they have to begin, even if it's in the middle of the day they become Muslim, they have to fast for the rest of the day. That one Allahu A'lam. Allahu A'lam if they have to make up that day. Because the previous amount of it was not an obligation upon them. So that one Allahu A'lam what the scholars say. What was the homework? It was a homework, yes. What was it? Sunnah things for Eid. Ah, oh, go on, yes. Go on then, who's done it? Sunnah things for Eid. Give me one. Who's one? Wearing one's best clothes and perfuming themselves. For the men. Correct. So having your nice clothes on, the, the, the nice clothes, the new clothes, and putting the perfume on for the men, then that is something good. That's one you can mention. Have something sweet after the Eid prayer or before? Before. On Eid al-Fitr, it is mentioned to have something sweet before the prayer you go. That's two. Anything else? Okay, even the babies, everybody put the nice clothes on them. Something else though? Okay. Take a bath in the morning, have a ghusl in the morning. You can mention that. That's three. That's the same as having something sweet in the morning, having some dates in the morning. That's an obligatory one. And that's called Zakatul Fitr. That is what everybody must do. So that is an, a must which must occur before the Eid prayer. No, you still have to say assalamu alaikum to everybody. You still have to say assalamu alaikum to everybody. Eid Mubarak and these things, they are not, uh, they're not mentioned in the sunnah. You can, you can use different phrases to congratulate. That's mentioned going one way to the musalla and coming back a different way. And that's a clue I'm giving you to the fifth one. Walk you could mention, but what's another clue I just gave you for another thing you're supposed to do for the Eid prayer? Pray it in the mosque or pray where? Better to pray in the musalla, some open space. Everybody gathers together. Of course, weather allowing, depends on the weather. But if it's reasonable weather, then you should go out and pray in a musalla somewhere. They are from the sunan of Eid or some of the sunan of Eid. Anything else? Any other questions before we round off? This will be the final lesson. After this now, the next lesson is going to be the first Saturday after Ramadan, after Eid. Eid is going to end up either on a Sunday or a Monday. A Sunday or a Monday it appears. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. The first Saturday after Eid, inshaAllah. Uh, whatever it works out, 2nd, 3rd July or something, whatever it is, the first Saturday after Eid. That's when we'll begin, uh, carry on. What were we doing before? Which book? Amulakhas al-Fiqhi we were doing, yes. 
the other chapters. So after Eid, perhaps we'll carry on with that, uh, discuss with the brothers what you want to do or how the program is going to be. But inshallah ta'ala, we'll carry on from the first Saturday after Eid. So concluded up until then, inshallah ta'ala. Hmm. Oh yes, yes, there's a talk in Bradford tonight. Now, 8.30 p.m. 8.30 p.m. in Bradford, in the uh, Al-Basira Masjid. Al-Basira Masjid, there's a talk there at 8.30 p.m. And then after the, today. And then after that, when the Maghrib time happens, there's going to be a big iftar for everybody. Brothers and sisters. Space for the sisters, space for the brothers. So that talk is starting at 8.30 p.m. And I'm doing it, so that's why I have to set off now in a couple of minutes. If you don't eat them, then it wouldn't break your fast. Biting your nails, but you don't swallow any of them, it wouldn't break your fast. If you start swallowing them, it breaks your fast according to many of the scholars. You shouldn't bite them anyway. You know, they have the nail cutters, that's what they call them. You buy the nail cutter and you use them instead. The teeth, you use them to eat your food and other things. Skin, skin, you're going to bite your skin away, blood's going to come out. Leave your skin and your, your nails alone. Otherwise, you're going to end up with the doctor. Mm. Bad habit. Try to get out of the habit. Huh? Try and get out of the habit of the skin and the nails. Huh? Homework, nothing. Free. Free homework, no homework. We'll start the homeworks after Eid. Eid present, no homework. <laughs> ah. So, inshallah, then we'll carry on in about three weeks or whatever it works out.